0: It's the next level. Oh, baby, what was it this time? Laughing, Matt? buddy, Matt. Fuck you, Bear. Whatever happened to Matt? It's
1: not your fault. You have nothing to feel guilty about.
0: Because I have this great life, beautiful girlfriend, high-paying job, expensive suits. I always wanted a good suit. I have it all. Matt's just gone.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And as this week continues, we will be continuing on with our Daredevil Season 3 recap or review. So uh, we're going to be covering Episodes 3 and 4. And the first episode that we're covering right now would be Episode 3, which is No Good Deed. And a synopsis for this one would be as Fisk moves into swanky new digs amid. A public outcry, Matt wrestles with how far he's ready to go to right this wrong. Dex's aim comes into focus.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get the Fisk part, I get the Matt part, but Dex... I don't think we got, a, I mean... There wasn't really that much
1: with Dex in this episode. Yeah, I
0: mean, we got about him, but not about his motivation. Like, that almost makes it seem like we find out something about him, but we, yeah. I mean, we do find out a little bit. No, it's the next episode when we find out about Yeah, we find out about a lot. Him. A yeah, this, this one is really, we get a little bit, but not Yeah, not too much, but, hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting synopsis.
1: It is. It's weird. But maybe that was how vague they made it, so that way it was like, "Oh, there's something going on with this guy." So yeah, at that time when it, the the show came out, sure, because people were binging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we should head into our top fives. I'm Daredevil. Uh, you should go first.
0: Sure. I uh, I just really like that cold open, and there there was a lot going on, and it's kind of interesting these two episodes together. The cold open is they're both very similar. But I really, really liked when Fisk makes—I can't remember exactly what comment he made—but about the, the the sacrifice of the FBI agents or something like that. And Ray really oh, yeah. gets has this righteous indignation about explaining to Fisk that those guys, you know, they died for him, and and yeah. it just, you know, and we see kind of how the agents treat Fisk—they treat him almost like he's still in prison. And we're gonna see more of that in the next episode, especially like how they treat him as a prisoner there in the hotel. But uh, it, it really that that cold open just kind of showed us a lot about the character of these other FBI agents. And really, I'm really liking this Ray character. And I hope, I really hope they don't turn him bad. Like that, there's some under, you know, we talked about this in the last episode, some underseed or underbelly of evilness in him. I hope he's he really is. This guy who just some bad things have happened to his family, and now he's finally getting the chance to to come back. And I, I thought it was really interesting also that we see Fisk kind of have this recognition to Dex of his abilities and kind of what he did
1: oh, yeah. there. Yeah, on top of that, uh, I'll go right to my quote, though. And this is just yeah. after in that encounter, and Nadim goes, Good men died tonight. You'll make their sacrifice worth something. Otherwise, you can shove that up your ass. And that was after, you know, Fisk says,
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, when they mentioned this is a safe house, and he goes, This is a safe house? That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that, like, snarky, like, really? Uh, This is beyond my means attitude. Or, Yeah. I don't see this as a safe house. So, you know, he expected more. And it shows you his thought about himself, how much he thinks of himself, regardless of him being a convict. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, my number five would be, I love that Matt is actually still using his blindness as a way to be the detective that he is. (laughs) Then Not so seen observer with his investigative work into what is going on, you know, uh, the use of his ears with the code to get into the building where Fisk is being held just to try to get in there. And uh, we'll go in on to it because there was so much going on within that scene, yeah, even later on because you you know, it's his imagination or his the voices of Fisk and his mind and how he perceives Fisk coming after him and stuff. It's weird.
0: Yeah, it's it's that was an interesting scene. I kind of didn't get some of it in that, you know, Matt he's he's kind of dressed it's it yeah. was really kind of weird. He's dressed like a homeless person really. I mean, cuz he's got the baseball cap and the sunglasses and the the hoodie and he walks into this super swanky hotel and he thinks he's just going to be able to waltz right in and of course the FBI agents are like mm, or it's, what even the FBI agent it was the hotel security guy or whatever is like I need to see your key and he's like oh I don't have my key can you just let me pass yeah. and the guy's like no I can't just let you pass you know and and so so yeah that was that was really I was I was kind of laughing like he walks he sits down at the bar and he's like I just want coffee and I'm like you're in a hotel like you you look like a homeless person in this swanky yeah, hotel bar for no a couple of days you got this no weird coat you know it just you're kind of looking
1: all different yeah, directions exactly. because you're blind yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's just it, the whole thing was just weird my number four is that little scene that little short scene we get with foggy and marcy in her apartment where he's he's kind of asleep on the couch and she's watching TV or something, and he, he he kind of wakes up from a dream, and she's like, was it the laughing Matt dream, or was it the this something else? And he's like, no, it was the body Matt dream. And so we get yeah. this idea that there's two things going on here that I really loved, is that we see that Foggy is kind of dealing with this, this sense of blame and guilt with what happened uh, to Matt, but we also get to see that Marcy really cares about him that, and and it was one of those things that I loved about when they kind of teased at this relationship in the defenders. I think it was defenders where we first start to see him and her kind of hooking up and they like went to, they were in school together and she convinces him to come to the, to the law firm and stuff. And you, you get this sense of that. She really likes foggy for who foggy is. And, and I, I really appreciate that. I think I like that uh, especially. So, yeah, I, I, I... Do enjoy Eldon
1: as foggy, though.
0: yeah, he's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, he, he's such a great actor when he came to this character. and I have to say the same thing too, for Deborah Ann wall as Karen. They know how to portray those characters, mm-hmm. and it's so sad that that you know the show's not here. Yeah. My number four would be, yeah, you know, foggy approaching Blake Tower about the Wilson Fisk case, trying to overturn the case and wanting to help. but he's just blown off in the end by Blake. It's like, nah, we're done. I don't want to be bothered, and I know you have this great bravado and everything, but no, we're not going to continue on with that. And he was just a continue doing what you're doing. It's just kind of just pushed off, which comes back to him later on.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that whole thing of of this sense of of Blake kind of just pushing him off and being like, you know, you're not, you don't matter. Yeah, enough. Yeah, and and it was really it was really mean of him and and stuff. So. My number three is just Matt's, and we kind of talked a little bit about this 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 imaginary conversation that he's having yeah. with Wilson Fisk throughout the episode. We see it several times. We see the things that Fisk kind of says, and and obviously it's not actually Wilson Fisk because he knows things, like he knows that that Matt tried to die. He knows that it didn't it didn't work. He knows that Matt kind of blames himself for everything that that Fisk has done, mm-hmm. and the fact that he wasn't able to cross that line. To kill Fisk. And so I think what we're seeing in this season, and I don't know how, obviously I haven't watched it, so I don't know how it's going to end, is we're really seeing Matt maybe build to, he's going to be faced with that dilemma again, I think, by the end of the season. He's going to be faced with the dilemma, does he kill Wilson Fisk or does he not? Does he cross that line as so many, even good guy heroes that we've seen have done. Yeah, a but lot of Matt, heroes
1: in other movies or comics have crossed that line on occasion and have actually had to question themselves of what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's it, just just that interesting, that interesting thought.
1: Yeah, and my number three would be the same thing. It would be Matt's imagination of Fisk in his head. But he's still trying to get closer to Fisk to accomplish something, you know? Trying to get there, I don't know if it's to kill him or... Or to bring him to justice. We're not exactly sure of what Matt's intent is because right now he's just trying to regain his powers back. And on top of that, being the investigative lawyer he is and use that to his advantage to get information on Fisk. And I'm just thinking he just wants to put a stop to him and bring him to justice in some way. I also think that Matt, pretty much Matt fighting himself, you know? He, yeah. he's like going through all these things but he's putting fisk in his mind so but you know i, I don't know it, it it's it's just a strange way of the way they created the scenes
0: it it really is and and with him not working with foggy and karen it kind of leaves him to where he doesn't really have you know the ability to find things out like there when we get to the next episode i've got some questions about how he how he realized some things and there's some things that he some questions he asks in the next episode that are a little strange that how did he get to that that logic how do you make that jump in logic yeah stuff so yeah
1: exactly I have to add to that, but, you know, you talked about him coming in, coming into the bar and everything else. The weirdest scene was when he encounters Dex, you know, and Dex saw something that was off on Matt that didn't seem right. Because, like I said before, you know, when Matt, he's not looking directly at people. He's looking around. He's not looking directly Mm -hmm. at—I think Dex picked up on that, and there's something off on this guy. Like, I don't know if he thought he was a little bit crazy or something— but you could tell from the look at Matt as Matt walked away that, you know, he was kind of like trying to get his bearings because he didn't have his uh, cane where he could tap or anything. Yeah. Didn't have glasses. He was just in that those clothes, like you said, like it looked like a homeless man.
0: Yeah, and that whole scene was kind of weird. And I wish I had watched it a couple of times to go back and, and uh, maybe flesh that out a little bit. Yeah. But that uh, that brings to my number two, which is and we talked a little bit about this. I guess this is in this episode. I, I kind of got these two episodes confused. But just the, the thing about Ray when he tells Dex you gotta go see the psychiatrist. And so we get this it's kind of a classic kind of, you know, TV show thing when yeah. a when a <laughs> cop has to use deadly force, then yep. he has to go see a psychiatrist and yep. kind of talk about his feelings. Mm-hmm. And I watched it having only watched it once, as I'm watching that scene play out, I'm like, oh, Maybe he is he is okay. Maybe you know he's got this woman that that he talks to that is kind of his psychiatrist and kind of his lifeline. And then of course I get the rug pulled out from under that argument because at the end we realize that he's just a stalker. He's just stalking <laughs> her and and watching her through a sniper through a sniper scope, you know, through a rifle scope. Eating pizza with her while she eats her pizza in the pizzeria and he's eating it in his truck. So kind of a weird. There's definitely something a little weird there between him and this woman and and we're definitely seeing that there's something more uh, nefarious or uh, uh, bad about this deck something
1: off with him
0: yeah for sure for sure
1: which leads me to my number two which would be deck stating to that therapist that if he was wearing a mask that he would be doing good for the people and honestly this was after the fisk assassination attempt that we saw that he stopped and killed multiple people to protect Mm-hmm. But you know he had to see the the psychiatrist about the incident because like with anything, either FBI, CIA, or police, they anytime you shoot a firearm, it's required that you actually do go see the psychiatrist so that there's nothing permanent within your mind to mm-hmm. uh, restrict you from doing your duty. So I know this because of my father being in the police department, my brother, my cousin. But yeah,
0: one of my coworkers has a I, I think he's a nephew of hers who has now been involved in two shootings and she said one of the things that that's kind of bothered him is that the second one was easier oh yeah yeah kind of and and so so they definitely have to go through some sort of uh you know debriefing and psychological and testing kind of, yeah mm-hmm. they have to, they yeah. have to check that yeah. But
1: the funny thing is, is that he was cleared for duty by that point with a psychiatrist. Yeah, a little too quick. Yeah. <laughs> and th- yeah, And then obviously we get to see what you stated before. You know, we, Then we see the girl he talks about. Well, it's him stalking her in the right. end while taking pills on top of that. And he basically has her under surveillance. And it's extremely yeah. creepy while he's eating the pizza like she's eating the pizza in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: the yeah. only thing The only thing that would have been better was was if he was making it having a fake conversation with her while he was eating the pizza. That would have that would have been over the top, maybe. Or so. having
1: a doll that looks like her. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, yeah. All these well, strange we don't know what things. his home life's like. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, where does that bring us now? Uh, Your number one to my my number one. So my number one is just that we're we're finally starting to see this conspiracy. Of of something we're gonna get more of this in the next episode, but you know uh, this this conspiracy regarding Fisk and this is I'm assuming this is gonna run through the entire season that we're gonna get the final answers and there's a lot more in the next episode that really reveal kind of what's going on and kind of how deep this conspiracy runs and we kind of see that that at some point here her and Matt are gonna butt heads they're gonna their investigations are gonna are gonna come uh are gonna come together at some point he
1: actually has to see Karen (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and my number one would be Matt's plea with Foggy he shows up and tells Foggy and tells Foggy to tell Karen to stop trying to go at against Fisk but He wants to leave Matt Murdock and be the vigilante, but he doesn't state daredevil to Foggy, though. So to, you know, he just wants to end Fisk and that ending when Fisk actually states, well, the devil is back.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and
1: this is going to be an interesting remainder of the season, honestly, because it's kind of like them facing off without actually having to see each other just yet. And it's like it's like a challenge upon each other. But, you know, Fisk at this point being an in incarceration and whereas Matt has to hide himself and stay low. And not even tell his friends that he's alive. Well, he told Foggy, but he didn't tell. Yeah, Karen and he yet. and he
0: told he told Foggy not to tell Karen that he's alive. And it it was really interesting. We see we do see this lawyer is definitely knows more about what's going on with Fisk than he's saying. You know, he gives Matt the name of or um, what he tells Matt. Maybe yeah. that's where Matt. You know, it's it's uh, that whole thing in the car where he's where the, where the he's he finally gets the lawyer to admit something to him. And then he gets out and the lawyer goes immediately to Fisk and tells him, you know, I was attacked. It wasn't the Albanians who attacked me, even though in that parking garage, that's what those federal agents thought. They thought Matt was one of the Albanians that had attacked the motorcade. So they were coming after Matt even harder because they thought they were going to get revenge, you know, for their fallen brothers and stuff.
1: Yes. And as far as quotes are concerned, I gave you just one. I only had two initially, but my last one would be uh, Foggy saying to Blake when he had that little standoff, I know they sound like the same thing and you don't know what battle you're fighting till you're actually battling it. And it made so much sense when he stated that because Blake was just kind of just brushing it off like this is a pointless battle to deal with. And Foggy didn't see it that way, but... You know, I think in the next episode, we see where Foggy stands yeah, <laughs> and Blake exactly. doesn't, you know. So, and do you have any additional
0: notes? Not that we've already, we've, we've really already talked about pretty much everything that I had. We talked about the garage fight a little bit. You know, the we talked about the the lawyer who he talked to in the car and Matt getting his powers back. So really, yeah, uh, I mean, mine sure are everything. pretty much coming. I think, I mean, you had something here that that's a, a little... You know when he, what? Yeah, take that one there about the agent. That's that's kind of your thing. Oh, what? When
1: Matt was in the garage after he talked to the agent within the car.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the lawyer. The lawyer is the guy in the car, but then the agents are the ones that are, are attacking him in the garage.
1: Yeah, he's looking around, but he can't see. (laughs) <laughs> but but then one of the agents catches him and takes it out on him and and the rest based on Fisk in his mind his anger you know against Fisk is getting the better of mm-hmm. him at some point like, he doesn't know what conversation is real.
0: Yeah, we we kind of see Fisk standing over him, and that's, again, it's the imaginary Fisk who's saying, yeah, take it on, be the deadly assassin, be the person, you know, and uh, so, we, like I said, we see, I think this is, we're going to have this battle throughout the season, the, the rest of the season with Matt, of where is he going to draw the line of yeah. of killing or not killing, you know, fighting with, with police, with good guys. I mean, these are FBI agents that he's beating up here. Yeah,
1: definitely. And these are, quote unquote, the good guys. These, exactly. these are the guys that serve and protect. So you know, I don't think Matt really wants to hurt any of those people. So right. But you want to take on the synopsis of episode four.
0: Sure, so episode four of season three was called Blindsided, and the synopsis was while Matt infiltrates a prison to find information on the Albanians, Fisk puts Dex in his crosshairs, and a fed-up Foggy goes on the offensive.
1: Yep, <laughs> we see that Foggy thing. We actually do see him talk about Dex, but it's weird about Dex. It's like he's playing a game, or he thinks it's all fun. Yeah, yeah. At certain points, you know, you, you'll you'll get into that, I believe. But we should get on to our top five on this one. I'm
0: Daredevil. Yeah, what's your number five?
1: Well, Matt approaching an old informant that he helped years ago in prison. He presents himself as a lawyer, as Matt Murdock the Lawyer. But
0: I no he he presented himself as foggy as Franklin Nelson oh I forgot Remember? yes he, <laughs> he didn't have the, the guy asks him for ID and he he didn't all he had was was foggy's bar card ah. which doesn't have a picture which doesn't have a picture on it so he he gives the guy foggy's bar association card and says, oh I'm Franklin I'm Franklin Nelson I've got three hundred thousand dollars of law school debt blah 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 and that convinces and he tells him this is my bar card you should you should let me in based on that even though you don't have a picture ID which is a little shaky come on you know I guess we're gonna suspend our disbelief a little yeah. bit that the yeah. That the the guy. Is. Oh, I guess so, he must have lifted uh,
1: that off of Foggy when Foggy was drunk when he had that conversation. With yes,
0: Matt. when they're when they're in the bar when they're in the bar, he steals Foggy's wallet. Ah, and I've got okay. that. That's in my. That's actually in my top.
1: My I didn't my catch five, that. So we'll get to that on the first mm-hmm. two viewings. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. He has to go in a suit, and Matt does this by going to his old apartment too that Karen has been taking care of and taking in the mail as usual. And you could see it all laid out properly. And he has
0: a key, apparently. The key was behind the radiator. Did you not? I watched the episode once, Mark, and I, ca- I caught these little things. He reached, the, so the, there's a heater. Yeah, there was a radiator whole outside his apartment. Yeah. yeah, and that's where the key yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. okay. <laughs> I, like, I caught that. <laughs> I like, okay, he had a hide key Yeah, he had a hide key that apparently is, is uh, stayed hidden for two months. Yeah,
1: apparently. Yeah, Karen didn't <laughs> find it. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> but he has to sign something at the prison when he visits because the informant is in fear of his life because of fisk Matt can be exposed as being alive now since they announced him dead, but that all stems from the scene of them taking him into the infirmary, and I don't think foggy's been blind ever in his life
0: no, and that's and that's the whole thing is when when he when they take him in the infirmary that's when. Fisk finds out that somebody is there. He doesn't know cool. who it yeah. is until he accesses the cameras, and that's when he realizes that it's Matt Murdock, and he calls him on the phone and says, oh, Mr. Murdock, apparently you're not as dead as I thought. Yeah. So. My number five is uh, is just I talked about it a little bit in the last episode, but we get a little more of it here, is just the way Dex and the other agents, the, the way they're treating Fisk. They're, they're acting like he's still in prison. They're, they're doing this room shakedown kind of thing and he like grabs him and he says I'm going to I'm going to search your person now convict and it just it it was really it's not the way we've seen witness protection portrayed before you can definitely see that these guys have some animosity mm-hmm. toward Fisk yeah. They don't like him. They don't like having to protect him and, and all that. You know, they're, they're taking his food away. They're taking bites of his food. Yeah,
1: and it's like, yeah, who eats a, a burger with a spork and
0: knife? <laughs> spork, yeah. That was crazy. I've <laughs> never seen somebody cut into a burger with a spork. Um, but, yeah, that's all my number five was, was just the, the, that Fisk, even though he's in this swanky hotel, he it's still like he's in prison.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's weird because – he's off (laughs) Fisk is strange Uh, My number four would be Foggy meeting with Karen at her office. He tells her Matt's alive without even saying it. She knew, basically. It's nice to have true friends like that. When they go to his apartment and Foggy spills the beans, I love these characters and how they, you know, present themselves. You know that they care for each other. They love each other. And they were so integral to the actual show itself. I'm just going to be missing this show (laughs) in general.
0: Yeah it's it's great when you know when he first comes into her office she and he says i have to tell you something about matt and she's the first her first thought is have they did they find a body and he's like well not exactly and then that's when he he just tells that he's alive and then they go back to the apartment and uh, and yeah that, that was a really really good scene seeing between the, the the two of them and Just how they they these guys play these characters really really well. It's it's a sad, sad thing that we lost these shows. uh, Yeah, they
1: they worked well. It was a nice ensemble, and I'm just gonna miss the show as it is. But at least we got three seasons out of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. My number four is just that little scene, the scene we get with Ray and his wife when she brings him the food, and she brings him. I think she brought him like a clean shirt or something like that, or some toothbrush or something. And because he's spending so much time there at the FBI office. It's a, just, a, again, it's a really good scene that I really like that we see how much he cares for his family. She says that she's going to send the, the her, their son to her sister's house to stay the night. And he's like, no, I'll be home. I'll talk to him. And she's like, no, you're not going to come home. Like, this, this promotion means too much to you. And it, it just, it was really a touching, kind of a touching scene. But at the same time, we get to see more of Ray, and it's why I really hope they don't pull the rug out from under us with this guy, with with showing him being some kind of a bad guy. I, I really hope he's consistent. This character is consistently the the person that we think he is. Yeah.
1: My number three would be, you know, you already mentioned it, that call from Fisk uh, to Matt in the infirmary in the prison after Matt was attacked. Fisk trying to take revenge within the prison with his cronies, as it were. Matt has a long walk within the actual prison with all the prisoners, which Mm -hmm. is really weird. And everybody's glaring and looking at him. I wonder how many of these guys he actually put away and knew him, and they didn't say anything. And A one-shot of attack within the scene being, you know, of him being attacked without any cuts within the scene itself. If you look, it looked like a one-shot.
0: It was. It it was. I I read the... the, And this is my number three as well, so...
1: Yeah, it's... They did this in season one during the hallway scene with the kid and Mm -hmm. everything in the apartment. And they... they're so great at this. And I wonder if they did this for that movie, 19, what was it, 1917?
0: Yes. 1917 is one long take. Yeah. That's it's, it's literally one long, long take from, from start to finish. And this, this particular episode. Now, when I started my timer, I got it to 10 and a half minutes, but according to the IMDb trivia, it's actually 11 and a half minutes of one continuous take. And it's just amazing. I I watched for the moments where Charlie Cox steps. There's a there's a moment at the very beginning of the fight where he steps out of frame. And then when he comes back, you never see his face again. All you do is you see the back of his head because it's his stunt double who's doing all that fighting. And then we don't see Charlie Cox again until the stunt double goes behind the bed, the hospital bed. So he drops out of frame again. They switch places during the shot. The IMDb Trivia called it like a cowboy switch. That's yeah. what they called it, uh, where one of them basically rolls out of the scene and the other yep. one rolls in. And so th- this was it was a really, really cool thing that they did a bit of TV magic there of, of going back and forth. And, and of it being one, that's just – that's crazy because they have to have a steady cam, They have to have a camera on a roller. You know, they're using one camera and it's just it's just amazing how tv shows do that and i, I thought it was it was really really cool it is a, it's cool when you when you when you notice it and it's cool when you find out about it and then of course when he gets outside and the cab is still waiting there for him because he did hand the guy a bunch of money and said yeah. wait for me and <laughs> so i don't know how long the cab may have actually waited depending on how the but it was it was really cool. That's that's a bit of TV magic yeah, that you don't, say, you yeah, don't see. Yeah, really a lot.
1: well choreographed. But the one thing I left out was you know along with the amazing choreography within the show within that scene. You know, honestly, that's what I love about this because they 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 took so much to do this stuff, and we got so so many great scenes out of us. But you know, yeah. Matt's directing the guard after encountering you know after that scene. Uh, the Albanian inmate yeah. and promising to help his family member.
0: Yeah, I was a little confused about that and this is one of the things that that I suffered from from only watching it only watching it once was I didn't exactly catch all the times that that it was the Albanian prisoner who was dressed up as a guard and the couple of times that he actually switched off to a real guard and how the prisoners that weren't in that little meeting knew that the guard taking him along was not a guard because you know as they're as they're going through that whole scene through those corridors the prisoners are attacking some of the mm-hmm. guards and none of them attack that guard so either they recognized him or they just didn't. They just bypassed because he had a civilian with him. Maybe yeah. I don't know. But then of course they get to the end, the end of the little run where all the, the smoke grenades are going off, and you you hear the prisoner say, "I've got a civilian here," and he passes him off to the other guards, and then that gets him out. And then I'm assuming at that point the prisoner went on about his way with his escape. So I don't know if we'll see that guy again or not. But it's still it just was a, a marvelous, marvelous yeah, scene. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that brings us to my number two. Correct. Okay. And it's just that that we talked about it a little bit already, but the end of that scene when Foggy and Karen are in the apartment and they're basically, Foggy is saying, well, we just got to have to let him go. And it it seemed to me like that was the intent there was from both of them, was, well, we're just going to let him go. If he doesn't want to have anything to do with us... We're not going to have anything to do with him. But then he sees the glasses and the hat, and he realizes that Matt is out there doing daredevil things, doing something. Yeah. You know? And so at that point, it almost seems like Foggy and Karen kind of changed their mind, and maybe they are going to jump back into the fray. So maybe by the end of the season—and if we had gotten a fourth season, we would have seen these three back together. Yeah, that
1: would have been amazing.
0: <laughs>
1: that would be amazing. I want yeah. that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> My number 2 would be uh
1: Foggy went to the policeman's benevolence society and pleaded to the police officers to actually back him in becoming the new district attorney with his campaign against getting Fisk put away. You know, just basically getting Fisk put away that Blake would not actually do. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoyed that. It it shows a lot of gumption from Foggy just to get on this and say, "Hey, he tried, but he didn't do it, and he's, you know, I'm here for you guys. You you don't see that much.
0: That was another good scene of where we get the chance to, you know, Foggy comes in, and the the first police detective that he talks to is kind of like, no, this isn't a place for you. This is for policemen. And then when he gets up on the stage, the first policeman is like, yeah, thank you for getting the arsonist off who I had arrested or something like that. And and Foggy, Foggy really did a really good job of turning them back to his side by going... Look, I just did my job as a defense attorney. That building was had all sorts of code violations on it, yeah. anyway. So you should, without saying you should approve the guy did arson. You know, I was able to prove that there was another. I was able to put that reasonable doubt in there, which is that's the whole defense attorney's job. Yeah, is you know. To yeah, I was just doing my doubt. job, and
1: yeah, you guys are doing your job, and I'm not saying you guys aren't doing your job. I'm here to right. back you up too. And I want right. you to and back then, me then, up on this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love it. And then he goes directly into this this thing, this understanding of Blake is not going to let you do your job. Blake is is letting Fisk out of prison. And you don't want him to do that. So I want you to back me for this writing campaign. Even though in the back of his mind and in the front of Marcy's mind, mm-hmm. he's not going to actually be able to win. Yeah. You know, or none of them think he's actually – but she thinks – at least Marcy thinks that if he's this public – that Fisk won't be able to do anything to them because of his public persona sort of say. Exactly. Yeah. I think we switched here so we we are at my number 1 and then we'll do your number 1. Sure. My number 1 is just that the fact that Dex is being investigated for the the shootout but the fact that that Fisk helps him is is really cool and I you know I wondered about that in that first episode where we or the second episode when we see that motorcade attack and we see him just basically murdering those guys, a couple of those guys who were surrendering, you know and I kind of wondered about that, I'm uh like, eh, wonder if he's going to come back to bite him, but of course then Fisk tells the the FBI investigators, no, no, he they, they weren't surrendering they were they were raising their guns at him he killed them in self-defense and so, you know, they, they get this idea where Dex walks in there, he turns the cameras off, and he walks in there and he says I don't want any of your favors, and, yeah. and he's and Fisk is like, no, it wasn't a favor it was just me recognizing your talents and recognizing who you are and so it's it's going to be interesting to see going forward how this is going to work
1: yeah it was just fisk buttering up (laughs) yeah yeah. and my number one would be uh fisk protecting agent dex during his interrogation like you said and that look in the camera uh, as you see he's just looking up into and he knows that dex is watching then the conversation between dex and fisk as you stated very heated but something is there like you said That is pretty much left unsaid, and then that ending with Matt going into the river, Mm. you know, Fisk has friends out there that Matt doesn't know about.
0: Yeah, finding out, and again, we talked a little about this in episode, with the episode three stuff, but finding out, you know, that Fisk actually owns the hotel that he's in, finding out, you know, Matt finds out. That this prisoner that stabbed Fisk in the first episode was actually hired by Fisk. Mm-hmm. That all of this is being orchestrated by Wilson Fisk to get him out of jail is just crazy that we find out that, this con- that there is a conspiracy here. That it isn't just... I You know, I think he really does love Vanessa and he really wants to be reunited with her. Hmm. But I don't think he just wants to be reunited with her. He wants to be reunited and he wants to be the kingpin again. He wants. Oh, to be, definitely. He wants to be know. in charge. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. I had one quote that uh, we already kind of talked about a little bit. It's just that Dex. I just. <laughs> I had to play it back a couple of times because I thought it was so funny. It was we've already talked a little bit about it, but he says, "If I'm being honest, that's not the way I thought this would go." Who eats a hamburger with a spork <laughs> you know i just i thought it was crazy and then we see you know we see him put that fork in. And it's just crazy fun. it <laughs> is
1: crazy it's wacky <laughs> i only had two uh the first one would be foggy saying to karen i think of him i think a bit of him was buried under the midland circle and that was foggy to karen and when they talk about matt and matt's apartment and it, it shows like How he thought that he was dead, but he, you know, and obviously she figured it out after that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And then Fisk saying, "The world is changing. The real (laughs) heroes are ridiculed and dismissed." With that, I offer my sympathy. Yeah, and that, you know, it's the typical him boosting himself up and thinking of himself of something more important than those that are, you know, pretty much protecting him, even though he's in custody. What a jackass!
0: <laughs> Are you talking about? Oh, oh, oh! You're I'm right. I'm talking about. Right. Fisk. I'm sorry. You're right. Fisk is talking to Fisk when he's talking to Dex about it. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Because we know, we know that he orchestrated all this to be. Thank you. I was. My brain got <laughs> confused there for a second. Had a couple of notes. Most of these notes we've we've already talked about. Correct. But uh, just to bring up the fact that I don't. So, and this really bugged me. It really, really did. So. When they're in the bar and Foggy is drunk, Matt steals his wallet, and we see Matt go outside of the bar, and he's opening up the wallet, and he's looking at all the money, and he's looking at uh, Foggy's bar card. And at that point, we don't know what he did with the wallet, but Foggy doesn't realize until, like, it's got to be because he's in another suit. It's daytime, and he's with Marcy, so it's got to be, like, the next day. Yeah. Yeah that and that's when the, when Foggy's in his apartment that he realizes that his wallet is missing. Yes. Now, I'm sorry. This took <laughs> me out of it completely. Especially there since is, it's two different suits. <laughs> exactly. There is no way he would not have figured like the moment he goes to leave the bar, he's got to pay his bar tab. You know, unless they he got can't a just leave tap. unless he's, yeah unless he's got a yeah. tap going. <laughs> How did he get home? Did he walk home? Did he not take a cab home? Did he you know? And then he then he wakes up the next morning, gets dressed, and still doesn't figure out his wallet is gone until after he's ranting with Marcy. It just it, that took me out of it for it just bugged me because I'm yeah. sorry I most men I know there's some that don't most men carry a wallet all the time yeah. if i don't have my wallet i'm going to i'm figuring it out pretty quick oh exactly like, where would wallet. my wallet go yeah you know <laughs> um, if i get in my car and i start driving out of my garage i'm going to feel the fact that my wallet is not in my pocket or your you phone know? nowadays <laughs> yeah yeah you know it just it was it just took me out of it cuz i was just like what you got to know your wallet's missing, Foggy. Come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I loved that Karen's uh, Karen's laptop is a PC. It was very clear to see the little Windows emblem on the uh, the top of her PC. Yeah, there. Uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, where so many people in TV shows are going Mac, and then I loved when Matt would not let. The little fake nurse, the guy that tried to that stabbed him with the the hypodermic, he wouldn't let him check his eyes because he knew uh, yeah. that his eyes wouldn't react to the light because he's blind. So, thought that was kind of cool.
1: Definitely. And uh, the only thing I had to add was basically Karen looking at Matt's glasses that he left in the apartment. He didn't take them, as we know. He walked into the prison with no stick and glasses, so we already know this, we already spoke about this, to show that he was the blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen, but you actually corrected me, saying that he was portraying himself as Foggy.
0: Yeah, that was really a cool scene when when he walks out of the, because he walks out of his apartment, he leaves his sunglasses, leaves his hat, he hails the cab, gets in the cab, and the guy, like, basically, he's walking around like he's not blind. Yes. Is, is basically exactly what he's doing. He's portraying himself as not being blind. And Charlie Cox played that really well, that his eyes didn't move. His his head moved, and he did. Uh, when he was looking at things, his head kind of moved. Yes. But his eyes didn't really move all that much. Not that I noticed, anyway.
1: Yeah. And
0: uh, and so I, I thought Charlie Cox played that really, really well. Oh, yeah, that even, it does. That if, if somebody had really been paying attention to him, like that guard at the prison when he gives him the, if he had re, he could have realized that this guy's eyes have not moved his, his or have eyes not have looked stayed. at me
1: directly or anything yeah, yeah
0: yeah and it was just really it was really a good a good scene uh, I thought
1: yeah definitely it shows his acting. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows how to do it. The next little bit I would have would be Nadim telling Dex and thanking him for his help during the attack. You know, without him, I wouldn't be able to go back to my wife. I wouldn't be able to go back to my kids or anything like that. Now, mind you, when that scene happened during the attack, I thought Nadim was dead.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all did. I was, I was, I was scared for him being dead as well. I thought, I thought we've really loved this character, and now he's dead. Uh, yeah, but of course he wasn't, and so yeah, that's a really good. Again, that's one of those moments where if we get to the end of this season and we find out that Nadim is not the good guy that we thought he was, yeah, we're really going to look silly. back on that scene and we're going to go, uh, "Was he just lying?" What, yeah. So I, yeah, so I'm 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 really going to have a problem if they get to the end of this this season and we find out that he's like the a bad guy or something. I'm really going to have a problem with that. Same here.
1: So I should have put this in the uh, episode three notes that I had, but I actually tweeted out to Meredith Salinger. So Meredith Salinger actually was in No Good Deed when I was looking at it. I watched it twice, and I actually tweeted out to her. I said, Doing a rewatch of Daredevil Season 3, Episode 3, No Good Deed, from my podcast review of the show. I was so happy to see you. Then I realized that you and Patton Oswalt are a Marvel family. They were both in Marvel stuff. She was in Daredevil, and he was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. So I said, I tweet, you know, my end tweet was basically, Awesome family, you have there in Marvel. So that, you know, and I hashtag the Panels to Pixels podcast. Nice. <laughs> so she, she enjoyed that, and she loved yeah. it, and I think Patton did too. But it what, would be so part, amazing. did
0: she play? Who did she play?
1: Uh, remember when Karen was having dinner with a bunch of friends? Okay, she's in that, in that scene? She's in that scene. Okay. She's, uh, I, I forget the name of the character, but okay. uh, if, if you're listening to this, Meredith, please don't yell at me. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you have any uh, insight or anything, or if Charlie Cox actually wants to call on, please do. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty much it Our uh, on our review for episodes three and four. So I have a little bit of comic talk that we could talk about uh i don't know if a lot of you out there listening have been paying attention to youtube or all the news and events that are out there this just dropped yesterday we're doing this on valentine's day yes i know steve are we're doing this yeah, podcast on valentine's it's just another day, day. <laughs> no, it's just another day so matt reeves just dropped the first look at robert pattinson as the batman And it's really an interesting look to the iconic character. It's basically, from my description and what I saw of it, it was all in red and everything, but as kind of like that huge shadowy look. But it looked like the uh, original mask or cowl, but the actual suit itself, as they panned down, looked a little bit plated, almost like Kevlar. And the symbol looked like it's something that came out of his chest at some point, or maybe something to throw. And I thought it was really interesting. If you're really interested, go actually look on YouTube and just search for it. It's all out there. Everybody's raving about it. I, It's a, kind of like a sneak peek, which is really cool that we actually get that now. And the movie's only like a year away. So it's kind of similar to what they did with us with uh, Batman vs. Superman when we started getting a little bit of snippets of images and of things of that when Ben Affleck was... Uh, Batfleck. so I'm really—it's intriguing me. I really want to go see this movie when it comes out.
0: Yeah, it looks interesting. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll give it a check. Give it—give it a check.
1: My next bit of information would be: Birds of Prey has hit the theaters and is not doing as well as a lot of people thought it would. But from what I get from a lot of friends, it's kind of fifty-fifty. Uh, like half my friends really love it, and half my friends really don't like it. But I plan to see this on my own this weekend with my niece so you know we're gonna go probably sunday or
0: monday i enjoyed it it. you know i i liked it i'm not i'm not gonna go raving over the top that it was great it was yeah it was good for what it was i'm not like i said it's it's um it wasn't bad i'll put that like you know it it was it had some good moments and uh, mark and i will be We'll podcast on it. Uh, we'll do a review on it here uh, sometime in the next few weeks probably. Yeah, uh, we'll do t- it as t- a tail end or something
1: just for fun.
0: Yeah, just... I, I did I did notice that TV Podcast Industries, they did a, a review of it, uh, mm-hmm. a podcast over it. So I'm interested to hear what those guys thought too.
1: Yeah, same here. I got to listen to that. I have time when I'm cleaning this weekend, so. the only other thing that i had the last bit would be swamp thing the series that was on the actual dc app is now available on blu-ray plus with a digital code Now, mind you i picked this up today they didn't have it at my store yesterday apparently just showed up Hmm. last night but i put it in for pickup today i picked it up so my recommendation if you didn't get your digital code just contact uh warner brothers for the digital redemption and i'll send it to you i had an issue because there wasn't an in, uh, wasn't an inlay card in the actual uh blu-ray case mm. so they'll uh if you don't have it just send them all the important information your receipt a copy you know a picture they'll give you a ticket number and all you have to do is put a a picture of the actual case and with this the discs being shown that you actually purchased it with the ticket number there on a piece of paper. But honestly, it's out there. If you haven't watched Swamp Thing, eventually one day I I would like to actually do a review of that because I saw some good things in that show. I, I really enjoyed it, and I highly recommend it. So go out there and buy the actual Blu-ray with the uh, digital code. If not, you could go actually watch it. DC app. But, you know, if you don't have the DC app, just go out there and buy the Blu-ray. So that would be about it for... Day for news but we have a couple of podcast recommendations
0: sure I, as always i i highly recommend the strange indeed podcast it's on the podcasting network they returned this week with uh, netflix's lock and key and instead of sean rima has jason filling in awesome. for this series so uh, it's kind of cool to hear those i haven't heard them podcast together since legion so it's uh, it's kind of cool to listen to them today and obviously i'll be submitting feedback Uh, every week to that show as well
1: cool and to add to that if you want to hear sean you could actually hear sean and his co-host richard on the language of bromance which is actually on the podcast pros network and you could find them on stitcher and itunes and google play so if you're interested in two guys just having a laugh, having a good time, talking about a lot of fun stuff, go listen to it. They always make me laugh and smile yeah. when I'm driving.
0: <laughs> it's it's I love it. I tune into it every once in a while and listen to those guys because they're they're uh, they're really cool and they have different weird topics they uh, they follow. They don't follow a, a standard format. They just have different things they do, which yeah. is really really cool.
1: Yeah, they're just two friends that just have a good time goofing around. Yeah. So I suggest listening to that. The other one I would have would be the Picard cast on Talk Through Media. You could find that through TalkThroughMedia.com, and there you have hosts Brian Malosh and Ruthie Rink, and they go over every episode of the
0: Picard. So it's really good. I submit feedback to that one as well. So I got I got mine in this week. So awesome. Um, we can be heard. Podcast panels to pixels podcast can be heard on Spotify, Google Play. Apple iTunes, or whatever podcast player of choice you use. If that podcast player of choice allows you to give us a review, we would greatly appreciate a five-star review uh, there on that. You can also check us out on our new website, which is panels2pixelspodcast.com. You can submit feedback to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash panels2pixels. Also, you can email us at panels2pixels1 at gmail.com. That's panels2pixels1. The 2 is spelled out right there in the middle, T-O and the number 1, at gmail.com. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 845-350-2095. If you're so inclined and you enjoy YouTube, you can hear us on YouTube as well. Just, again, search for Panels to Pixels Podcast and you'll find us there. Definitely. And
1: where else can uh, listeners hear us?
0: Well, hear you. Well, they can Mark, hear me. Mark will be. Mark will be starting up with the. Uh, Walking Dead talk through here in about two weeks, week and a half or so. Uh, Walking Dead comes yep. back on February 23rd. So you will be able to hear Mark and Brian or Kyle or whoever he is co-hosting <laughs> with that week on uh, Talk Through Media. They do again, it's called the Walking uh, Dead Talk Through and uh, they do a great, great job. You can find all of the great podcasts from Talk Through Media at talkthroughmedia.com. You can find this podcast and several other podcasts that you may like on nextlevelnetworkonline.com. Ben is is a great, great boss to have. Uh, We don't call him boss,
1: remember? You can't call him that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway ben is 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 great and he he manages uh our podcast network and does a great job at it this yeah. this podcast will stay on the next level network but of course there will always be links to the talk through media network to podcastica and uh, all the other just great podcasts that we uh, recommend
1: yeah definitely on our facebook page so if you are interested in picard i'll send a link to that actual Facebook page, as well as all the others, Strange Indeed, Walking Dead cast, Walking Dead talk through, whatever you want. There you go. So you could also hear Steve here, of course, but he likes to submit a lot of feedback to various other podcasts, and I always look forward to hearing him on other podcast networks just to see what he has to say about what they're doing and his little feedback that he likes to give. It's amazing. I love it yeah <laughs> so you could hear us in so many different places so basically keep in touch let us know what you think send in your comments send in a voicemail it'd be amazing so that's our show for tonight i just want to thank everybody for listening i'm mark and i'm steve and this was panels to pixels thank you everybody and good night good night